everyone. Welcome to another episode of Camp, our weekly podcast on all things automation. Hi, my name is Joyce Zhang, a Senior Intelligent Automation Program Manager, and we have Peter Camp, CTO and founder of Camp Tech Software. Um, today we'll be discussing uh, generative, generative AI and um, everything that uh, it's it's the it's the newest hot issue, and we're here to talk about it. Um, so, Peter, can you just kind of let everyone know what uh, generative AI is? Yeah, essentially, generative AI is anytime AI is creating something um, on its own is considered generative AI. So, many of you are familiar with ChatGPT where you ask it a question and it responds and generates content on its own. Generative AI is simply the same type of concept. Um, so it can be code, it can be content, it can be you know, even um, putting together statements, things of that nature. So I'm kind of looking at your blog that you um, created uh, and that you've written. And you know, I'm kind of taking that and we're uh, using that as a basis for our uh, conversation today. And so the really big question is that that's really hot right now is how can we utilize uh, this chat GPT, let's call it, um, because that's the name that people understand and have an association with. So how can we, how is it going to impact um, our current environment in tech? Particularly, I mean, I, it, we'll start from the intelligent automation RPA space. Um, you know, we actually have a use case, fairly simple, but quite powerful. Where we're able to take CPT codes and validate whether they're correct or not using the GPT model. Um, we noticed significant um, improvements from 3.5 to 4.0. Uh, we were at about 60% accuracy. Now we're at 95% accuracy. Um, so, you know, obviously the technology is evolving. Um, I think there's a lot, a, a lot of um, promise uh, with ChatGPT in particular to help with, you know, bringing uh, RPA time to market, improving it quickly as far as feedback loops for questions um, that may come up during the coding process, um, recommending different uh, avenues of coding. Uh, I know for one, we have a client that's actually generating PowerShell scripts with ChatGBT, and they're, you know, you have to basically uh, uh, change a couple lines, particularly, but most of it's written for you. So that right there is a great example of something that you can create quickly, have a starting point, and then improve, improve upon it. Um, so if you look across the spectrum of the type of uh, you know, use cases we deal with, there's a lot of data entry, a lot of, um, you know, taking one piece of data from one system to another or from a spreadsheet. Uh, and a lot of times too, particularly with our physicians, they're having to write notes um, that are fairly boilerplate. Um, GPT can help with a lot of that. So I think that's something we're seeing early on as far as adoption. Um, but you know, if you look across the spectrum of the generative AI, there, there's many more uh, uses. Mm -hmm. And so, a lot of what you said is um, is is good and all, but how does that 
uh, impact uh, our RPA space? Will it impact? Will it will it completely take over? Or are we okay? Are we going to lose our jobs here? Uh, no, actually, we'll get we'll we'll do be able to do more. Um, so at quicker pace, uh, I believe I know that I, I'm seeing it already. Um, there's quite a bit of tailwinds with this new awareness of generative AI, ChatGPT for RPA, because um, a lot of the use cases that they may think of, oh yes, I'd love it if it did X, Y, Z. You need RPA for part of that. Um, RPA isn't going anywhere. It's been around for 40 years. It's going to be around for another 40 years. Um, though it's going to take different forms, uh, it's going to become more intelligent. Uh, we're going to be able to you know, ask and probably direct uh, the automations via voice initially, and it, you know, generate the code and, and, and ask for recommendations as it's moving through. Um, but there always will be a need for coders, for developers. Um, generative coding or generative AI is no different than some of the code generation tools that were in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. They're great, they got you to a certain point, but um, you, know, you still need to take the last mile. One of the things that I, I think of as AI in general is it's an assistive tool. It's not necessarily an all-encompassing all tool. Um, so it's, it's, it's used as something that a human can use to aid its job, you know, reduce the mundane tasks that they have to do on a day-to-day -day basis and provide some intelligence um, with it. So we so in short, we won't lose our jobs any day um, soon. Um, it sounds like we're just it's just here to support us. Um, it can't, you know, we've had a discussion about this um, in a different podcast. It won't become sentient and start thinking on its own. Um, so that is great. Um, and so how how much of a real-time decision-making uh, are we talking about here? You, you've talked about the C CPT codes, which are codes for um, medical procedures, and that's how um, our medical system can do billing with their insurance and things like that. Um, so how real-time are we talking about here? Well, I think... It with any of these AI tools, um, data is always the key. So it's getting enough data to feed the model so it can make informed decisions. Um, I know there's some pushback within the clinical space, uh, even the financial sector of you know, having uh, generative AI or ChatGPT provide decision because um, there's obviously some ethics and issues with that. Uh, but I mean, you know, if it's something that it's more rudimentary, like um, suggesting routes for truckers across the United States uh, that may do X, Y, and Z. Um, so it's really just getting the data together uh, and, and feeding it enough data that it can actually make generative AI decisioning or it, um, recommendations or, you know, create some type of content that is meaningful. Um, so. That's really the problem. That's the issue. That's that's essentially that's where you have to start with any of these technologies is getting the, your data cleaned up, getting enough data to it, um, and then providing an ongoing <coughs> ongoing feedback loop where the data is getting more intelligent as it's used. So 
think you've seen, you know, ChatGPT is really a great example of that. People have used it and it's getting more intelligent as it's being used, um, as it's finding more content, people are asking more questions, more pointed questions. Um, you know, we, I actually sat with a uh, RPA vendor at um, conference recent conference and they were showing the Python based uh, RPA tool. And he, he, they were showing how they were able to use GBT to actually code from a starting point. And then when the code broke, ask why, you know, what the error is. And then GPT was able to recommend, you know, a fix. Yeah. So that kind of feedback loop, you're continuously learning and it's mm -hmm. continuously learning. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, so if, if we're able to ask and it's able to generate Python code or, you know, VBA code, um, is that is that problematic for us? No, I'm, I'm jumping back to us losing a job again. Like, is that problematic? Um, and how does that integrate with um, the alarm that the healthcare sector has about PII, PHI information? Yeah, I think, you know, every step of the way with technology, it's gotten easier. You're not, you know, you look at the baseline of any machine, it's a one and zero. We're not coding in one and zeros, right? So then if you move along the spectrum from just, you know, from uh, coding something and putting a card in a machine and having it being read, you know, we're beyond that. So, you know, it keeps moving. And with object-oriented pro programming with the last 20 years, you know, there's less of a need to code every single, you know, class or subroutine that you're coding. It's already been done for you. So this is the same kind of thing. So, you know, it's just setting the paradigm, the platform even higher. So more, you can do more than you've ever been able to do quicker and more complexity. Um, so the use cases of just, you know, taking some data out of a machine or out of a spreadsheet and putting it into an application, those are, those are simple. But you think about some of the things you could do beyond that, you know, um, using RPA to actually make real-time real decisioning using generative AI to, you know, figure that out. Uh, you know, so it's, it's just, you're able to apply more technology similar to, you know, where you use IDP tools. Um, you know, before it was straight OCR where you had to basically figure out the position of a, of a prompt and, you know, go through that. But now you have highly unstructured IDP tools that can figure mm -hmm. that out for you semantically. Um, so it's just more tools, more technology, more intelligence, um, which only means more complexity. And, you know, in our case where we offer support, more need for support, because um, you're going to need people to support these, this tech. So what I'm hearing is because our business model is built into do the support, um, we're doing pretty good right now, even yes. with the chat GBT, the generative AI um, coming into the space. Um, so what do what are the use cases that we have currently in use and how does the this generative AI link to our document understanding? Good, good question. Um, yeah, document understanding is really uh, our partners have showed us some really interesting use cases with GPT and asking, you know, we ask the question, where's the address? It figures out where the address is and then can build a model based on that. Um, 
versus us trying to figure out where the address is. Uh, so for that, it's extremely powerful, um, you know, as far as building models, complex models that need to work over and over again at scale. Uh, so that, that, that type of feedback um, loop is gonna be very, fairly common, not just with IDP, but I'd say even some of the traditional programming that we're doing with applications. Um, all the RPA solution providers out there our software providers are all racing to come up with a GBT generative AI bent to their product. Um, all of them can, as we do, call the chat GBT activity, you know, query it, get the answer. That's not a problem. It's, it's really building it into the product and um, having it uh, interact with the applications that you're trying to automate and, you know, providing a quicker, faster, um, more accurate way of uh, automating these things. So, you know, it's, we, we have like one, one use case, which we mentioned earlier with ChatGBT. There's some other ones that we're looking at, um, per, particularly with our physician groups. Um, you know, I can also think of some other ones that in supply chain that would be highly useful as well that we're looking at as well at this point. All right little sprinkling of what's to come. I love it. Um, all right. I mean, I think, uh, you know, this is very enlightening and I hope that our listeners here learned something and maybe even put them at ease a little bit um, about AI coming online and becoming sentient and, um, you know, all those scary things from iRobot <laughs> and Will Smith. Nothing like that's happening anytime soon. Um, okay, so uh, I think that's all we have for everyone today. So we'll see you in the next one. Like and subscribe.